はい Welcome to the CJB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we take a look at the Players' Cup at Southwood, which starts Thursday. Travis Fredberg, one of many Manitoba golfers taking part in this. He's from Selkirk. He'll join the show. R. Kelly Moore talked to Swervin Mervin Fernandez, former BC Lion Oakland Raider, about a variety of topics. He was in town to promote the NFL game upcoming. And Team Manitoba assistant Chef de Mission, or Chef de Mission, however you want to say it, Kylo Harris. On Chaos Day at the Western Canada Summer Games, you'll hear all that on the podcast. Right now, I want to turn our attention to the Players' Cup, which begins tomorrow at Southwood, welcoming in now Executive Director Adam Boga. Adam, how are you tonight? Very well. Thanks. Thanks you for having me. And we're also welcoming to the show Travis Fredberg, who will be in it from Selkirk. How are you tonight, Travis? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? Doing well. We'll start with you, Adam. This is the 100th birthday for the Players' Cup. That's a big celebration this year? It is. 100 years. It's uh, it's one of the oldest golf tournaments ever in uh, in North America, so it's a pretty pretty exciting time. It's got a really, really uh, rich history. we got some signage up there that kind of explains the history of the golf tournament when you when you come down to Southwood to, to watch the golf tournament. And uh, I want to mention uh, that it's free admission this year as well, so you can watch these great players at no charge. Is that the first time that that's been done? It has. Since the uh, PGA Tour took over the Canadian Tour in 2013, it's the first time that uh, we were offering free general admission, and we just want everybody to experience it uh, and not have to uh, take uh, any money out of pocket. So, Now for you, Travis, how big an event is this? Uh, this is, this is uh, pretty much as big as it gets in Canada, for sure. Just a few steps below the big league, so it, uh, it's, there's a lot of top-end players all over the world competing. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. Now, obviously, you're in maybe the most high-profile group that's participating simply because you have an NHL player as part of your threesome, Kyle Connor taking part in this tournament. What's that going to be like? Uh, it's going to be cool. I can't wait. Uh, it's definitely going to be something to soak in for sure. I uh, I met him today for the first time, and we talked for a little bit, and he seems like a great guy, and I'm really looking forward to teaming up with him. So you get two rounds with an NHL player. Are you a Jets fan? I am, of course. <laughs> so is there going to be any starstruckness to this? Uh, I don't think so, no. Uh, like I said, I met him today, and kind of you kind of get that vibe right at the beginning, but once you talk to him, you realize he's just a normal guy. And At the uh, end of the day, I guess, I'm the professional this week, right? So it'll be, uh, it'll be a cool experience to play with him for sure, though. From the Players' Cup point of view, Adam, why is it important to... For, there's been sponsors' exemptions in the past for NHLers to be part of this tournament. Why is that important to be a part, process of this tournament? Well, our, our sponsors' exemptions, it's a two-part process. One is is uh, we, we decided to include a, a Jets player last year for the first time, and uh, what it does, it gives obviously a lot of exposure to the event, which is which is great for the event and brings out some more people to watch the event. Um, and then the second one is uh, we want to make sure that we give back to our local Manitoba growing players that are trying to chase the tour dream. And, and uh, Travis is one of those guys. Devin Shade is one of them. Uh, Josh Neufeld, um, Austin DeBrusque, uh fine young player. So it's a two-part process for us, and uh, it seems to bring out the audience to watch these fine gentlemen play the game of golf and kind of create that unique experience. And a lot of local players as well, beyond the ones you mentioned, a lot of Manitobans as, as part of this tournament as well. 
It is, and that's you know that's it's great to see, and and also just you know Canadians in general. You know, uh, Taylor Pendereth has been playing great the last four or five weeks uh, on the McKenzie mm-hmm. Tour. He's going to be a great name to come watch uh, starting tomorrow. And then you got, of course, um, uh, the two two money leaders right now, and Jake Nab and Paul Barjan, uh, who are just phenomenal players. And, and I'll, I'll just tell you this right now: these guys are are going to be playing the PGA Tour in two years. And I'll give you an example in in terms of Tyler McCover, who was our, our champion last year. Uh, he just finished, I believe, don't quote me on this, twenty second on the Corn Ferry Tour. So he just got he just received his full status PGA Tour card last week. So I I shot him a text and, and congratulated him, and he's. Uh, obviously thrilled so he'll be full status next year on the PGA tour. So for those who, who think that uh, the golf is, you know, kind of okay, your mistake in the golf here is you're basically watching the next PGA, PGA tour stars. And Travis, I imagine you've, you've just been out of the university of Arizona, not too long, but I imagine that's the goal for you too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's been the goal since I was young and this is the stepping stone. So it'll be uh, it'll be a great test. What's it going to be like golfing in front of friends and family as well? Uh, it's it's always nerve-wracking at first, for sure, but um, it's great having the support out there. and I've done it a few times now, so it, uh, it should be a little more comfortable. And after finishing up your university career, is there any kind of nerves that, you know, the pro, the pro experience is beginning for you? Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's just like uh, making that, next step in hockey I'd say you kind of you just you're a little nervous playing with different players better players for sure but uh, you realize pretty quickly that it's my game's not far off if not just as good as most of these guys out here so I'm looking forward to testing it against the best do you have a number in mind that you think you have to hit Uh, no I I don't really do that when I go play I just try to hit every shot at the best of my ability and then add them up at the end and hopefully it's good so and do you, I'm curious just because I, this doesn't matter to me because I, I suck at golf, but when, <laughs> when you're out on the golf course, do you rather play in the afternoon or would you rather tee off bright and early? Um, I mean, if I had a preference, I'd say in the morning, but uh, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, at the end of the day, everybody's playing the same golf course, right? So you just kind of go out there and whatever's given to you, you take it. So I love the game, so it doesn't matter what time I play. Nice. And Adam, final word to you. What kind of atmosphere are you expecting this weekend? I think, you know, I think it's going to be, I'm kind of curious with the free admission. I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome uh, party down there at Southwood. Lots of, lots of spectators. Um, for those who are one row parking, uh, we have free parking on site at Southwood. So you're literally driving right through the first, uh, the 10th tee and the 18th green, right to the parking lot, just past the parking lot. They got a whole extended area for free parking. So, if you're wondering about that, don't worry about that. You're basically right up. You're right on site when you arrive, and uh, you'll be going to be catered to a great experience. We've got concession stands all through the golf course. So uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm really looking forward to our mantle players playing well, and and uh, those who want to watch the one of the guests, Kyle Connor, it's going to be a great, just going to be a great experience all, overall. Well, Adam and Travis, thank you both for your time tonight, and enjoy the weekend. Best of luck. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. So anytime I can get someone else to do some work for me, I am deeply grateful. So, hey, it's Kelly Moore with a special guest. Kelly? Thanks very much, Christian. And joining me is a gentleman who certainly 
entertained Canadian Football League and National Football League fans for many, many years. His name is Mervyn Fernandez, but anybody who watched football in the early 80s straight through, I, I can't remember exactly when the year was you retired. Uh, uh, but 86. They'll, eight, oh, there you go. So they'll remember Swervin Mervyn Fernandez if you were around then. Uh, and welcome back to Winnipeg. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm just sitting in the stadium now looking at uh, down on the field saying, wow, how far the league has came. This stadium is is beautiful. It's a, it's a brand new, well, not brand new, but one of the new ones in the league and certainly wasn't what I played in, that's for sure. Oh, come on, you're exaggerating. Winnipeg Stadium <laughs> wasn't that far off from IG Field. Come on now. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, you, want to see a real big difference, Bourbon? Go into the visitor's locker room or dressing room and compare that to what you had at the Winnipeg Stadium. <laughs> we have somebody giving us a tour right now, and I'll ask them to do that. The team is out doing a walkthrough, so I don't know if we can actually get down there. But, yeah, I'd love to see this whole thing. Oh Great. yeah, yeah. No, it'd be it would be a big difference, is sure. Hey, what was yeah. was there? You know, there was such a great rivalry uh, between the Lions and the Blue Bombers uh, yeah. back in in your era when you played in the league. Uh, what were some of the more memorable moments that you remember, Mervin, from those games? Well, just the, all the playoff games, all the battles we had on 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 their old field, which was a grass field, and uh, you know obviously in BC place and the Western conference final, we always had to go through Winnipeg and, uh, you know, we just had some great battles. I can remember one where we were in the, uh, I believe it was the Western conference final and I scored touchdown and, you know, the, the, the uh, stands just erupted and kind of took the air out of the blue bomber sail. And I believe we went on to win and off to the great cup. We went. Yeah. I'll tell you, there were a few epic battles for sure. Uh, Let's, we are going to talk about uh, the uh, NFL exhibition game that's coming up next weekend because, of course, you are an ambassador now for the Oakland Raiders. Can I can I call you ambassador? Is that a proper uh, term? Or uh, sure. what, what's I your, like that. That sounds good. What's your exact <laughs> title with the football club, Mervin? I am. Well, we do some different. We do different things with them. So obviously, the connection with the CFL and the NFL, and that's why I'm here. For this, but they got our alumni group with the Raiders is is huge, and they, they have a lot of people to pull from the Marcus Allen's, the Jim Plunkett's, the you know I could go on and on, <laughs> Bo Jackson's. It's 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 a really a tight knit family, and uh, you know we do whatever we can to support and move the uh, move the team along. You know, being here in Canada, I, I I'm, I'm pretty sure it's never been done before where NFL. Uh, team or preseason or whatever has had a game here so you know for anybody that has the opportunity to come out and see it i would jump at the chance because it's going to be something special you bet i'm going to ask you about that matchup in a moment but uh i i would be remiss uh mervin if we did not uh, salute and congratulate you uh, for your recent official induction into the Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. It took place last weekend in Hamilton, and you yeah. actually had a chance to watch your alma mater, uh, the BC Lions, play probably their best game of the year, uh, but unfortunately just come up short against the Ticats. But let's talk about right. go- going into the Hall of Fame because uh, uh, that had to be a tremendous honor for you. Yes, it was. It was a tremendous honor for me, my family, my teammates. Obviously, I couldn't have did it on my own, and uh 
you know, I'm so proud and humbled to, to be in there and standing up on that stage and giving a speech and, you know, getting a little choked up at the end. It was, uh, it was a special moment that I'll remember for the rest of my life. We asked you about a highlight from the uh, particular Winnipeg Blue Ball, uh, Winnipeg uh, BC uh, rivalry. What about for your CFL career, Mervin? Was there anything uh, in particular that stood out, or that you uh, uh, maybe uh, made reference to during your acceptance speech on on uh, Friday night? Just the guys that I played with, the coaches, the the love from the city of BC, and the love that I still get from them. And, uh, you know, it was just a special time in my life. It uh, was basically my beginning in football. I, I went to college, but I only went to college for one year and got a call from uh, BC Lions and asked me to come out and play. And I didn't even know anything about the CFL or the BC Lions, but I knew that uh, it was my opportunity to get into a situation where I could prove what I could do. And, uh, yeah, just kind of took off from there. And then, of course, uh, it allowed you to uh, continue your career at the National Football League level. And, and if memory serves me correct, was it San Jose State that you played at? Yes, yeah. San Jose State. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm about as local as you can get. I grew up in San Jose State, at San, in San Jose, played at San Jose State, played at a junior college there in San Jose called De Anza Junior College. Uh, and when 93 actually went to the Niners, so... I'm I'm about as local as you can get as far as the Bay Area goes. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, and I was just going to say it, it allowed you to to uh, continue your career at the National Football League level. Uh, yes. Was there any one particular highlight there that stood out uh, uh, in your time uh, with the NFL? Uh, yeah, there's there was several, but one that comes to mind right now is we were in uh, we we're in New Orleans playing the Saints, obviously, and. You know, I'm out on the field and I'm warming up and kind of really relaxed. And Jay Schrader's throwing me deep balls, probably 50 yards down the field, and I'm standing in the end zone. And uh, uh, Al Davis yells down the field, "Hey, Mervin, stop goofing around!" <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, "I'm just out here, you know, I'm just out here warming up, Coach. I just, uh, I'm ready to go." And then that was probably one of the best games I had as a Raider in that game, and so. Needless to say, he never really bothered me in my warm-ups anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to say, maybe maybe you could arrange with uh, Al to come down and give you the grief before every game. <laughs> <laughs> that might have helped, too. <laughs> well, that that must have been something playing for uh, Al Davis, though. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a joy. It was He's a great man, and uh, obviously rest in peace, but, you know, he was a player's coach. He really took care of his players, and you know, I, I can remember, you know, he would be out at practice and he would, uh, we would be looking tired or whatever. And Freddie Belitnikoff was my receiver coach at the time. And he would, you know, come over. My guys look tired, give them a break. And, you know, we'd stop practicing. We're at the halfway point of the Western Canada Summer Games with phase one athletes leaving Swift Current today and phase two athletes arriving. So amidst the mayhem, joined by assistant chef Demission. Kylo Harris. Kylo, what's today been like? Yeah, so we call it chaos day. Um, there's pretty much um, things happening all around us. We have athletes uh, getting ready for final competition in uh, medal games and placing games, uh, final events. And at the same time, we have athletes on the bus arriving, looking to get into their accommodations and get food straight to practice venue. 
So there's lots of moving pieces around that where we have close to 400 plus athletes and coaches, coaching staff all on site at the same time, looking to go in thousands of different directions at once. And I'm sure the uh, there's a different kind of feeling in the air because you have for many of the athletes anticipation, they're just getting there. And then for a lot of people, they're going home, they might be tired, they're happy from their win, or maybe they're down because they didn't get as far as they wanted to. So I'm sure it's kind of a, a mixture of feelings today. There's definitely a range of emotion, that's for sure. There's the, the high of gold medal performances. There's the the lows of leaving friends from other parts of the province that you met uh, that you won't see for a while as you make a provincial team. And those friendships that you make trading pins and meeting people in the village from Nunavut and Yukon or across the other Western provinces, definitely uh, that for those exiting athletes. And you're right, those coming in, uh, they're just ready to go. They want to hit the ground and get uh, their years of preparation put into play and really get to show what it is they've been working for and get that process started. So let's take a look back at phase one. How did Manitoba perform? You know, we're really happy about our overall performance uh, from phase one. We ended up somewhere with uh, 29 gold medals, uh, 26 silver and 25 bronze on the final uh, final count on the uh, end of phase, phase one. It was a couple interesting spots to be in for us. We were at the beach volleyball venue where we were lucky enough to have both teams playing, our male and female teams playing in the gold medal. Our female teams were a bit of an interesting situation for us where we had our black playing our gold. So we uh, couldn't really pick one to cheer for. We were just really excited to watch them work hard. So there's cheering at every single point, which is a nice spot for, uh, for Team Toba to be in. We will get to see our girls softball team go through the competition undefeated with a gold medal win on the final day. And there's our canoe kayak athletes on the final day got uh, everyone walked away with at least one medal over the course of the uh, first week of competition. So it was really something great to see there. And on individual performances, you don't need to look much farther than the, the water. We had Mia West with nine medals, seven gold and two silver. And on the water, uh, Sasa Skurzik with uh, a medal in every event that was entered. So 12 possible events and 12 medals. What is it about the water that has made Manitoba so successful? Because it's not like this is a province that normally we're known for that, right? No, if you talk to our uh, canoe kayak coach, Jerome, he'll tell you that our uh, the weather gives us an advantage because you never really know what, what we're going to be paddling on, and those guys are out there no matter what. So they're ready for nice flat water on a calm day, or if it's windy and rough, he likes it best. So those, those athletes are prepared in all sorts of avenues. And I think the, the uh, Mia is just one of those athletes we're so lucky to have in our province. Uh, she's got good genes, uh, an Olympian mom from 96 and a dad who's on the Danish national team. So she's really set herself up well genetically for uh, a long career in the pool if that's the direction she decides to go. So some names to keep track of for maybe some years to come. How did, uh, I guess, the big glamour sports, soccer, basketball, how do we do in those? Yeah, our soccer teams, uh, both male and female, walked away with a silver medal on the final day. It came down to the final day to determine. They played a full round robin uh, to, in the competition with the five uh, 
teams and that had to be determined on the final day with the final scores. So that was definitely a highlight for us in the, on the soccer pitch and in basketball. Um, it really doesn't matter. We, our medals uh, were bronze and bronze, which of course we're pleased with, but our, our male basketball team and team Yukon just had a fantastic experience overall. They played each other head to head on the first day and uh, the coaches got together afterwards for some peer-to-peer review. Our Manitoba boys had uh, the score was a little bit one-sided, but that didn't matter. And when they debriefed, they really helped each other learn how to move forward from that. So the Manitoba guys were working with the UConn athletes to said, okay, when I was matched up against you, this is what I saw you do, and that's what I did to stop it, or this is what I saw you doing, and that's how I did it to score on you. And then from that point in time, they were there cheering each other on for the rest of the tournament. UConn ended up uh, courtside on our game against Saskatchewan, cheering us on with Team Toba wristbands on, and it was really just a fantastic sport moment for those power of games types events that we get to see and experience here. So outside of those medal tallies, as much as we're proud of that bronze medal that those guys and girls got for us for Team Manitoba, that moment, I think, is really something that'll last with us. Well, that's really cool, right? Because you look at UConn, there are not a lot of players that play basketball. It's not a big sport up there. There's not a lot of access to the sport up there. So this is a a spot for them to really grow. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the lopsided score. Manitoba wins by 91, but that doesn't necessarily matter as much as the opportunity for the UConn players to really learn something and, and like you said, in the end, gain a friendship. Absolutely. And that that's, again, those memories and contacts and things that will last forever. I've been involved in games for quite some time now, and one of the greatest things for me is when we get on-site in the, in the games environment is seeing those friends that you've made over the years it's such a small community, and these are friendships now that these guys will have, and if they ever cross paths again, it'll be stories that they share at other national competitions. And I guarantee you, if, if a Yukon athlete is in Manitoba or a Manitoba athlete is lucky enough to be up in the Yukon on a vacation or a school trip, they'll be connecting with each other, and they'll go out and they'll share some stories about their time here in Swift Current. And you look at the sports, and we've talked a lot about the action on the fields and in the water and whatnot, but... How about off the field? What kind of time frame is there for athletes to have downtime, maybe explore Swift Current at all, and just make friends outside of the games? Yeah, it depends on the sport. I mean, some of those team sports, their schedule is one competition a day. Like our our baseball guys are on the diamond right now, and they have a doubleheader today, Alberta, and then Saskatchewan tonight. So sometimes um, the timing is tight for them, but on those off days, they really, our coaches do a fantastic job of uh, making sure they get around to some of the local um, events, local attractions. The community here in Swift Current, the volunteers has been, and just community members have been fantastic. Um, the Swift Current 57s had a playoff game here last night, and we weren't on the ground long with our baseball teams before a, a note came out from the host community society that all of our athletes and coaches could go and get into the playoff game for free if they just showed their accreditation so the community has really embraced it and made it highlight here to try and get our their visitors in our team manitoba athletes into attractions they have the firelight festival down at kinetic park where they're showing for our parents and everybody who's coming and and team manitoba the herd travels with a big support crew we have lots of yellow t-shirts in the stands with all our parents that come here and, and the community's done a really good job that way. In the Athletes Village for the uh, for the participants, 
Pin trading is a great icebreaker for young athletes. They walk up to people that maybe aren't all that outgoing at the first are talking to anyone and everyone for that last pin they don't have that they're trying to get. And pins are like currency here at the games. And that really helps get those athletes interacting with each other. And it's just one of those games inside the games that we love to watch. Well, Kylo, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me tonight. Enjoy your rest of the time there. And uh, I guess take a breath after chaos day is done. Yeah, thank you very much. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs>